0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Barely Contained, the podcast which has been as integral a part of lockdown as Zoom calls, normal people and informing on your neighbours. My name is Matt Withers and I'm once again joined the safe social distance of 57,936 metres by Chris Beckett who takes stock of some of the most momentous dispatches from the show business front line, including Chris Tarrant's cunning fishing confession, Katie Price's treadmill war, Prince Harry's hair-rock pressure and Carol Kirkwood's major on-air blunder. Let's go! Hello there, Chris Beckett.
1: Hello, man with us. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah, I'm not bad. How are you?
0: Yeah, I'm okay. Any lockdown news?
1: No, not really. There's a pigeon outside my window. But I'm yep. keeping an eye on and it's all right.
0: So if there's any updates during the recording of this podcast, do uh, let the listeners know. Um, um, let's get going with some uh, online celebrity journalism. Hey, why not? And I want to start on the Express Online. Uh, this is a story by Josh Saunders, and it's headlined, Chris Tarrant's fishing confession revealed, quotes, I'm good at being on my own. Right. Chris Tarrant, the former host of ITV's Who Wants To Be A Millionaire, revealed the clever ways he would sneak fishing into his busy work schedule in an unearthed account. An unearthed account? Yep. Um, You'll find out quite where he's dug this up from uh, in a second, but it begins, Chris Tarrant fronted the popular quiz show Who Wants To Be A Millionaire for 16 years until it was pulled from ITV in 2014. During that time, he won over audiences with tricky multiple choice questions and cheeky catchphrases, including, but we don't want to give you that. He
1: won us over.
0: <laughs> the broadcaster.
1: We, we had our doubts about him, but <laughs> then he came out with the catchphrase. I
0: mean, as soon as he said, but we don't want to give you that, I mean, it, yeah. it, the, the country took him to, uh, to their collective heart. The broadcaster brought back the hit TV show four years later with former BBC host Jeremy Clarkson at the helm. Chris's decision to step down came amid difficulties trying to balance his work and personal life. During this struggle, he revealed one of the ways he had been able to make time to pursue his greatest love, fishing. (laughs) Okay. Chris spoke about how he incorporated downtime into his busy schedule during a 2015 interview with the Huffington Post.
1: Wow, they've really had to go trawl back through the archives here.
0: (laughs) So what he's done is unearthed um, a five-year-old online interview. So, uh, you know, we like to dig deep on this podcast, so to see how difficult it was to unearth I googled Chris Tarrant fishing (laughs) Uh, and to be fair the HuffPost article didn't come up on the first page of results but I did find um, from the Angling Times Chris Tarrant backs national fishing month 2010 right and this from what's on TV from August 2007 headlined Chris Tarrant needed Viagra and smelt of fish I should say, Needed Viagra and Smelterfish was in, in quote marks. Um, it's an interview with his then estranged and now a very much ex-wife, Ingrid.
1: <laughs> I would say there's no way back from that sort of headline.
0: She said, the biggest reason our sex life slowed down in the last few years was because of Chris's erectile dysfunction. <laughs> Let's do it. it sounds so vulgar, but he had problems getting it up. He has been taking Viagra for around four years to deal with it. So that's not great, but that's, you know, it's a problem that, that uh, people wrestle with. But it, the the unsmelted I'm fish... I'm
1: impressing that it's never a good idea in my experience. <laughs> no.
0: That's oh. just going to make the problem worse. Vulgar, vulgar. Uh, it's the smelt of fish thing, really, that, that makes it. Um, she talks about yeah. how, how he'd get into bed uh, with her. Uh, she said, he would literally jump in next to me, reeking of carp, bream, and pike. <laughs> I, w- <laughs> I would beg him. To- <laughs> <it>. <laughs> I, gl- I mean, I, I, I wonder whether she could distinguish what, what, what he'd been uh, out uh, fishing for that day. Um, <laughs> the, f- <laughs> the final uh, line of this, at least I'm going to quote, is, um, I would beg him to at least wash the dried fish blood from his hands.
1: <laughs>
0: wow, yeah so that's, uh, that's back from uh, what's on TV from August 2007. I have to say I didn't realize that was the kind of thing what's on TV, uh, what's on TV did. <laughs> I mean they're not going to turn down gold. <laughs> Absolutely not. Wow um, anyway, back to this week's uh, story uh, from The Express, um, we were going to learn the, uh, the, the cunning way that he managed to combine work and fishing. Mm. He explained that fishing was his main way of switching off from the chaotic world of TV, a hobby that he started as a child and claimed to have spent thousands of hours doing.
1: Is there some debate over it? He claims to have spent thousands of hours doing? I'm sure he did.
0: There's, there's no evidence. He revealed that he was so obsessed with the pastime that he used to work out cunning ways to incorporate it into his professional life. Chris Mm -hmm. said, When I was doing the breakfast show, I used to get up at three o'clock in the morning and go fishing before doing the show. Sometimes I'd stop the car on the way home after filming Millionaire and fish for a while in the dark. So it's not that cunning, is it? It's not that cunning. He did it before work or after? Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's not really uh, having to dig deep into his box of wily tricks.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how he could have how he could have otherwise have mixed. Um, who wants to be a millionaire with fishing? Unless it was done from a kind of um, canal side.
1: Yeah, I mean, not. You know, I don't want to kind of keep harking back to the. Uh, the other story, but I mean, sometimes I'd stop the car and fish for a while in the dark. I mean, if that's not a metaphor for erectile dysfunction.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, listen, if you, if you take anything from that, at least wash the dried fish blood from your hands. <laughs> Always do. And we should all be washing hands more at the moment anyway.
1: I mean, for, for at least 30 seconds.
0: So Chris, I believe that you've been taking a look at the Daily Star online and the latest in the artist formerly known as Jordan.
1: And this is the work of senior showbiz correspondent at the Daily Star, Jack Hardwick, headline Katie Price and Chris Boyson at war as he, in quotes, withholds gym equipment she wants for her mum. Exclusive. Katie Price and Chris Boyson are locking horns once more. This time over gym equipment. Katie believes it's hers, but the buff lad won't return.
0: So it's uh, an exclusive. Um, So somebody at What's On TV is getting their arse kicked as we speak. Um, I don't don't know this Chris Boyson character, but uh, he's a buff lad. He is a buff lad. Yeah, there are pictures to to prove
1: it. Um, Katie Price and Chris Boyson are at war once more this time due to claims Chris is refusing to return gym equipment that the mum of five believes belongs to her.
0: This is uh,
1: pretty, pretty big stuff. Katie is determined to get the equipment back due to the fact the treadmill could be used by her terminally ill mum, Amy, to help her improve her lung capacity.
0: Okay, so there's a serious side to the story.
1: However, since their romance, Chris has splashed out to repair the treadmill by getting get a new belt and now wants to keep it.
0: You don't, you don't splash out on a, on a, a new belt for treadmill and then give it away willy-nilly.
1: Exactly. I mean, you know, there's a bit of love that's gone into that, that treadmill. A source told Daily Star Online, Katie is determined to get her gym equipment back so her mum Amy can use it to try and improve her health. During their relationship, Katie made Chris a home gym as she knew he was big on his fitness. One of the items was a treadmill. When they split, he took it with him and now won't give it back despite asking her a few times. He sees it as his as he bought a new belt for it so he doesn't see why he should have to return it. The insider added, the whole thing is trivial, but <laughs> over the past few weeks, Katie and Chris's relationship has deteriorated.
0: Yep, there's a lot of truth spoken there. And there's a picture of this chap here, isn't there? And um, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a buff lad. He's last. He's She
1: definitely has a type. I think it's fair to say.
0: Yeah, she was never, never going to uh, take up with you know an only connect contestant.
1: No, I, I think that's probably, probably right. Katie has had enough of drama and simply wants to get back what she sees as her own. All she wants is closure and an apology.
0: But she's had enough of drama to the extent that. What is clearly a spokesperson for her has briefed a journalist at the Star Online about this argument over a treadmill.
1: Well, yeah, that, that's where it falls down slightly. Plus, plus, this will probably take, this whole incident will probably take up at least six chapters of her next autobiography, <laughs> Tre- Treadmill Gate. After a rocky relationship, Katie and Chris called it quits for the last time in November last year. He recently has started dating model and celebrity big brother babe, Bianca Gascoigne. So he has a type as well. (laughs) Yes. A rep for Chris Boyson has been contacted by Daily Star Online for comments. What a job that is.
0: Yeah, a A rep. rep. A rep is that a thing now? Do we not say a spokesperson? We say a rep. Well,
1: yeah. I think if you can shorten it, it seems to be the the mantra of today a rep for Katie price said I can confirm that Chris does have gym equipment that belongs to Katie albeit not new equipment when Katie moved in with it she purchased a log cabin to house the gym for Chris to work out from Katie's requested the items to be returned so that her mother Amy may build her stamina the treadmill would be ideal for this Chris is aware of Amy's terminal illness and her lung, di- lung disease.
0: Yeah, it's damning, really, isn't it?
1: It's a, yeah, a bit of a guilt trip to lay on, the, lay on the guy.
0: Well, I would imagine that we'll hear much more of
1: this. <laughs> much, much more.
0: Well, I'm going to stay with the Daily Star Online, and this is a story by Jacob Dernhuber, who uh, plays up front for Werder Bremen when... Uh, <laughs> when he's not uh, bringing in the royal scoops. We've not talked royalty for a little bit. Uh, This is headlined, Prince Harry will inevitably be pressured into hair op by Meghan's pals, expert says.
1: I'm sure they've got a lot of hard hard evidence to back this up.
0: Uh, This is uh, also an exclusive. Hair expert Spencer Stevenson claims the Duke of Sussex, 35, could be pressured into a costly hair transplant amid the clamour to keep up with the Joneses in surgery-loving Hollywood. So yeah, we've got a hair expert, we've got a change in tone from the headline to the intro from Will Inevitably to Could Be. (laughs) Yeah, damn great. Uh, Then we go back to Inevitably. So the next line is, Meghan Markle and her Hollywood pals will inevitably pressure Prince Harry into a hair transplant because LA is filled with good-looking people, an expert has claimed. Mm, okay. Hair transplant advisor Spencer Stevenson claimed the Duke of Sussex, 35, could cave into the pressure after being surrounded by such good-looking people in Los Angeles. He told Daily Star Online, I'm privy to several celebrity patients he, in fact, knows who have had hair transplant procedures performed in LA. So uh, not a lot of client confidentiality there. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Their results are so good it's impossible to tell they've had work, because they went to an experienced, proficient surgeon who specialises in hair transplants. Okay. I think it's fair to say Harry's new lifestyle and circle of friends will inevitably apply a great deal of pressure regarding how he looks, especially in order to keep up with the Joneses and feel part of the party. He's hitting an age now.
1: Because being in, uh, being in the royal family, <laughs> that wasn't at all stressful.
0: <laughs> no, no. It, 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 yeah, it he did was often of...
1: seen in, into the t-shirt.
0: Yeah, that was a, a troop in the colour. He was, he was there <laughs> in, his, in, in his Rage Against the Machine t-shirt. Hair transplants could really help thicken Harry's hair up and take years off him. It would frame his face... Give him confidence and improve his self-esteem no end, as he is young and hair loss has huge emotional and physiological effects. I think what would give him confidence is is, is massively expensive uh, schooling uh, and stint as a senior army officer.
1: Well, that's true. Um, And, you know, what might help is his self-esteem, is is people not talking about his, uh, you know, thinning thatch.
0: Harry would have heightened self-esteem and decreased insecurities, and without question, be more willing to go out, mingle socially, and lead his life with increased willingness.
1: Because <laughs> he's been such a hermit. <laughs> That's the thing they always said about Harry. <laughs> shy,
0: shy Harry. Come out of your Never shell, Harry. A social occasion. <laughs> Didn't he literally play billiards with no clothes on? Wow, yes. (laughs) With all his LA social commitments, this would only be a benefit to him. Uh, It goes on, Prince Harry's finning thatch has been a source of much rumour and speculation in recent years. We've hardly talked about anything else. Eagle-eyed royal watchers noted the speed of his hair loss seemed to stem up a gear after his marriage to Meghan Markle in May 2018. Well, I mean... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Is that just another
1: another way of putting the boot into to Megan?
0: It goes on uh, a bit more, but uh, come to the end here, uh, he said uh, if he opts for a hair transplant in Beverly Hills, an area littered with rogue cowboy operators, he could be in trouble <laughs> in more ways than one.
1: I just like this image of maybe like just a, a pop-up a pop-up shop for hair. Hair transplant surgery, or he just pulls up at some traffic
0: lights and somebody runs out with, 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 a, with a, a wig and a pair of scissors and offers to do it there and then. Yeah, mate,
1: I'm going to tend to your follicles.
0: And this guy finishes off. He just needs to seek proper ethical guidance and reach out to me at specshair.com <laughs> if he wishes, as I would be only too happy to help educate and guide him. Yeah, mate, wow, that, that's not going to happen. What
1: a selfless, <laughs> selfless offer. <laughs> Rounding things off um, today, we've got a story by Josh Saunders from the Daily Express. He's obviously been uh, also down in, the, down in the library consulting the microfiche. Carol Kirkwood, major on-air blunder with urinating dog on BBC Breakfast Exposed.
0: I, I should say, in in the epic research I've been doing for this episode, I found Josh Saunders' Twitter account, and his job title is actually Special Projects Team Reporter.
1: Oh, OK. That's good. Well, I mean, what sort of special projects is he going to be doing?
0: Well, we're going to find out, aren't we?
1: Carol Kirkwood claims to have been upstaged during a live weather forecast for BBC Breakfast when a dog urinated on the beach meters away from where the TV star was standing. Unearthed accounts reveal.
0: Yeah, it's really uh, up there with the Hitler diaries. This one. Yeah, I mean it's it's more it's more accurate. um, Well, yeah, (laughs) but um, it's a little. It's a little more confusing as to where it's originated.
1: Carol Kirkwood was lost for words after a surprise interruption during one of her on-location broadcasts for BBC Breakfast. The weather presenter was at West Wittering Beach in Chichester when a dog couldn't help but resist the call of nature. The shocking moment stunned TV hosts who could barely keep a straight face during the forecast that warned Britons about the upcoming heatwave. Carol Kirkwood explained that thunderstorms were likely to break up scorching 33 degree heat in the UK. When the presenter received a small shock of her own, as she recounted the weather forecast on July the 17th, 2014, a large dark-furred dog, dog appeared. Her.
0: Oh my! Well, well, a couple of things here. Um, recount doesn't mean what Josh thinks it means because you you can't recount something that hasn't happened yet no it's a minor quibble Um, it's a minor quibble but yeah so obviously this happened um, getting on for almost exactly six years ago
1: Hmm.
0: where was it on earth you know did Josh dig up a time capsule from 2014 the top of which was a video of Carol Kirkwood reading a weather forecast
1: Maybe it was her sort of Facebook memories coming into view. The curious canine sniffed the damp sand, splashed in puddles and stared into the camera a number of times. Carol, who was unaware of the scenes behind her, continued with her broadcast only for her final few lines to be upstaged by the pesky pooch.
0: I mean, I like a bit of alliteration, Chris, but that's in consecutive sentences that uh, this dog has been a curious canine and a pesky pooch.
1: Yeah, it's a bit it's tiring reading this. As she stated that the weather was going to quieten down on Sunday, the dog cocked its back legs and continued to urinate over the ground. Back in the studio, the loud cackle from a member of the BBC Breakfast team could be heard over the presenter's voice. Louise Minchin covered her mouth with her hand and struggled to contain her laughter as she said, Oh, Carol, don't look behind you. Co-presenter Charlie State instructed, Don't turn around, only for Carol to see the mischievous canine behind her. As she beamed at the camera, the weather forecaster quipped, upstaged by a dog. It's the story of my life. Yeah, something like that, Charlie added. And Louise
0: stated, Unfortunately, Carol, uh, you sound like you've given up on life.
1: I feel like I have, yeah. I mean, uh, let's, let's just skip to the last, last couple of uh, parts. Later that day, the official Twitter account for BBC Breakfast wrote, Sooo, that was awkward. Rest assured, our sources tell us it was a number one. Fans of the show seemed amused too, including one person who replied, pity it wasn't a number two best laugh i've had in
0: ages that is that is tragic i mean that really is tragic if the best (laughs) if the best laugh you've had in ages is watching a dog you're an h
1: (laughs) i mean i have to say i'm you know i'm getting a bit of humor out of it but it's not the act in itself
0: yeah i just I, i i genuinely want to know why they've suddenly written about this again? Like I really want to know. Well, yeah,
1: I mean, I mean, Josh Saunders, if you're if you're listening to this, please, please definitely give us a get in contact or, or get us on Twitter at uh, barely at Bailey underscore pod. Good but, plug. But what I find is um, is the fact that they're quoting reactions on Twitter from <laughs> the time as well. <laughs> so I don't know if Josh has has had to go back, you know, six years scrolling
0: they're, I hope they're, not they're the hard yards you need to put in if you want to be a special projects team reporter
1: if you want to be a special projects team reporter I expect that's that's exactly what you've got to do well you know hats off to him I say and uh, hats off to uh, you too the listeners you've yep. reached the end
0: if you've made it this far then uh, you do deserve uh, our congratulations sympathies, pity. <laughs> but
1: we should tell you, as well as uh, the, the Twitter um, site, at Bailey underscore pod, um, we also have a presence on Facebook where there is little bits of bonus content, videos and such. So uh, feel free to um, keep this relationship going. Don't be shy. Right. Until next time, um, it's goodbye from me. That's goodbye from me. Bye. See ya.